We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing music and gaming. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Brett Marks. Brett is Director of Business Development and Gaming slash Immersive Media Lead at Columbia Records. Prior to working at Columbia Records, Brett worked at Live Nation, Sony Music, and Comcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really, really excited uh, to talk about music and gaming. My pleasure. So let's start. You know, tell us a little about your past esports and gaming experience. What's the first game you played and how'd you kind of get involved to the esports and gaming world? Yeah. Uh, so going back to my first game, um, it was something for Nintendo 64. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but as a kid, I remember playing a lot at Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, um, NHL, Blades of Steel, and GoldenEye. Um in terms of getting into esports and gaming, it, it was kind of a really happy accident. Uh, I come from the live music world. I worked at Live Nation, as you mentioned before, and we just started getting invited to some of these gaming events, whether it be E3, Overwatch Finals, the LCS Finals, and it reminded me of a sold-out concert. Like the the passion was incredible. Um, I'm a huge hockey fan. It reminded me of going to a, a sporting event, and I think. As we started to get started to get more sort of immersed in this space, artists started coming to us and saying, "Hey, like, you know, I love Phase Clan. Like, how do I stream? Um, you know, someone told me about Discord. How do I get on Discord?" And I think we just started doing a lot of research into the space and found it to be super valuable as a marketing vehicle for us. So that's kind of how we got into the esports and gaming space. Amazing. So you know, N sixty four, never bad ones there. So. Um, so currently you're working at Columbia Records. Tell us a little about, you know, what your work is and you do there. Yeah. So I think my job is to find new opportunities for artists, uh, in the esports and gaming space. And when I say esports and gaming, it's everything gaming adjacent. Uh, so that could be discord, it could be platforms, whether it be Twitch or YouTube, it could be publishers, whether it's Riot Games, it's really just finding where some of these new audiences and how do we naturally integrate our artists um, into those audiences. And I think one thing to highlight um, is making sure that whatever we do has to be organic, right? So if an artist comes to me and says, hey, I love Call of Duty, that's great. I'm not just going to go to an artist and say, hey, we should do something with Call of Duty. It's really about finding that organic, natural fit uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, it kind of leads to like that 
question that's always here in esports and the gaming space is authenticity and not people that are just trying to cash in on, oh, it's cool to like Halo today and it was cool to like, you know, Call of Duty last week. So it's more people that this is kind of who they are. Yeah, I think you find a lot of our artists that we speak to. Gaming is has always been part of culture, right? Um, like I said, I grew up playing Nintendo 64, but I think people are finally seeing this as a marketing vehicle as well. And I think a lot of our artists are kind of like, hey, I've played these games forever. And now you have FaZe Clan valued at a billion dollars and 100 Thieves, you know, I think it was 460 million or something like that. So, you know, there's money there, but there's also a lot of eyeballs. And we're just trying to be the best uh, and figure out how we can get our artists uh, into that scene. Absolutely. So tell us a little about some of the past work that, you know, you guys have done in the space over there at Columbia Records. Yeah. So I think we've been really strategic and we've done a really good job of hitting a lot of different niches in gaming, um, but also a lot of different uh, organizations. So I think just to highlight, you know, some of the publishers we've worked with, uh, we actually did an LCS uh, after party with one of our artists, Y2K. Um, so when COVID basically started, uh, LCS couldn't go live, obviously. So Y2K did a virtual DJ set uh, with Sushi Dragon after Cloud91, which was super fun. Um, we helped, well, we worked with Roblox uh, to do the Little Nas X Roblox performance. Uh, we did a campaign with Grimes and Discord. Uh, we just recently wrapped up a huge deal with NBA 2K where uh, we were sort of their soundtrack partner for six weeks. But in addition to that, we had artist ambassadors and had uh, digital billboards in the neighborhood. Um, we curated TwitchCon a couple years ago with Twitch, uh, in which we had Blink 182, Y2K, Maddie, and, and Aura perform. And then we've just brought in a lot of general sort of promotional opportunities to our artists. So we've had an artist, you know, stream Rocket League with uh, G2, which is obviously an esports organization. Um, we've had our artist 24K Golden stream Warzone with FaZe Blaze. Uh, we had Little Nas X join the Dream SMP with Carl Jacobs. So we've done a lot in the space with content creators and with different brands, as well as publishers. That's amazing. I mean, you really see the intersection of these kind of two areas. So what kind of led Columbia Records to expand and be more focused in you know gaming and the esports space? Yeah, so I think going back to kind of those initial events we went to, we just saw the the passion and the amount of people there. Um but, you know, coming from Live Nation, the CEO of Live Nation, Michael Rapino, always said artists are the best brand ambassadors um, and working kind of in the music business. It's it's to help grow that brand. And I think as more artists came to us and were interested in Twitch and FaZe Clan and gaming, it was really our job to figure out how do we bring that value to the artist. Um, so I think it's a combination of just seeing the, the marketplace trends, but also listening to our artists because... Um, they know their brand the best and just trying to help them navigate the space as authentically as possible. Absolutely. So how do you see music and gaming working with each other? Do they? Absolutely. So I think music is just a universal language um, and it, it's weaved into the everyday fabric, right? So people go in the car, they're listening to music. Um, gaming has always been a huge business. It's always been something that people do. But I think what's been really interesting is the last few years is kind of how much more it's grown sort of in the social space, right? So I grew up outside going and playing football with my friends. Um, my cousins who are 15 are on Discord all day playing Call of Duty Warzone, talking to each other. Uh, so you're still interacting socially, uh, but it's in a different way. And I think part of just general social engagement is music. 
um, with gaming being one of the top sort of uh, social engagement things between human beings. So I think it's just very natural that the two fit together. Amazing. So tell us a little about the concert, you know, the Wizzle Nas X, um, just in general, these, you know, metaverse concerts for better or worse, like how do they come about and, you know, what kind of led this to be a trend that we started to see in popular games like Fortnite and Roblox, as you mentioned, and some others? I think, again, it's authenticity, right? Like an artist identifies the platform that is a good fit for them. Um, and you know, Nas, uh, I don't remember if it was a cousin or he had a relative or something that was super into Roblox. And I think you see it like the other day, Cardi B had a tweet about Roblox as well and how her kids is spending so much money on the platform and she's Mm -hmm. playing Roblox all day. And I think like, as we kind of, I think, you know, COVID helped expand things, but I think as we look at, you know, what the future looks like with immersive media, I think sort of these metaverse concerts or the, these immersive experiences are what people are looking for. And I think if an artist naturally fits with the game, I think it's uh, it's just a really cool sort of like collaboration between the two. Definitely. You know, when this kind of first happened, I was like, where else can you get 10, 20, you know, 100 million people in one totally. place? There's no stadium in the world that's going to hold 5 million people, but Fortnite had 25 without a problem. Yeah, I think it's really interesting when you see, you know, some of these influencers, whether it's on Twitch or YouTube, pulling in 100,000 concurrent viewers, like coming from the live business, that's that's four or five arena shows kind of like right there in front of you. So I think it's really interesting for our artists, like how do we get in front of that many people at once? And, you know, there, there's incredible um traditional things like the saturday night lives of the world but i think there's also some really cool things going on in sort of the gaming and streaming space where you can be in front of 100,000 200,000 people and still be in your living room exactly much more cost effective and i know the point you just brought up about you know snl do you think that there's like a little bit of a difference in the demographic that might be you know checking an artist out at 11 o'clock on a saturday versus someone who's just tuning in their twitch stream uh, look, I think th- I think they're both very valuable. I think there's different demographics in each. And I think like one thing that's so beautiful about what we do in music, and I think just marketing as a whole, or just all these different marketing mixes, right? Uh, so I think SNL and, you know, Jimmy Fallon are hugely important. I think gaming is also becoming important. And I think like you're starting to see it. I think it was a couple months ago, um, it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel actually played Among Us. Um, on his show with Corpse and Valkyrie and a couple other streamers. So I think, I think again, you're seeing just this sort of like natural cross between gaming and pop culture, and it's only going to happen more and more. After we know earlier on, those guys were trashing it, but we'll, we'll let it go. They didn't look at what their kids were playing on their phone the whole time. They, they didn't realize <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I love to kind of, continue from here so do you see this being a new trend with other labels and more traditional entertainment companies following what you guys do in columbia and starting to have departments or specific individuals that work at this intersection of entertainment and music and esports and gaming absolutely um i think the first thing is you know you had mentioned different departments i'm the only one at the label with you know gaming in my title but as a label i think we've been so progressive and there are so many departments that have been so instrumental and you know, helping kind of get gaming off the ground, right? Like for years we were putting music into video games with our film and TV department. Um, But we're starting to think, how do we expand that? That's sort of how the 2K deal came about. You know, our artists love the game and we had a great relationship set up from our film and TV department. Um, So I think everybody has touched gaming, uh, different labels. I think it's a matter of 
you know, who's really thinking about how can we take what we're already doing and then put a marketing spin on it. Um, and I think you're going to see more and more brands and more labels and more artists get into it. I think Roblox, right, is like a perfect example. You now have Vans on the platform. You have Chipotle. You have um, it's like a Nike, Nike world. Or something, Nike. Right? I saw Ralph Lauren just did something. Um, you know, in Fortnite, you had the O2 Arena did something. The NFL has done something there. So I just think like you're going to see more and more brands get into this space. I think you, you watch anything on Twitch or any of the LCS or Call of Duty streams, you know, brands are all over there. Um, I just think it, it, it's so exciting. Um, I have no clue where the future goes, but I think like the growth is what's going to be so exciting for everyone and kind of navigating this space. Definitely. So that makes sense. So tell us a little about music licensing on Twitch and, you know, kind of how it works and, you know, if you guys are involved in that aspect. Um, so, you know, I come at it from a marketing angle. As I mentioned, we have a film and TV team that's incredible that has historically handled video game licensing. Um, so they're probably the best to speak on that. But what I will say is, you know, there are a lot of shareholders when it comes to uh, anything in media, right? So you have different songwriters and things like that. And I think it's really all about identifying the stakeholders and then, you know, assigning a fair amount uh to that piece of art, right? So again, I think, you know, there, there, there's a huge licensing conversation that's going on. Obviously, I think um, it's really about getting the key stakeholders in the room and just kind of understanding what the opportunities are. And I think a lot of, you know, these gaming things, whether it's the concerts and video games or Twitch, it's new, right? It's It hasn't been done before. It, it's non-precedential. So I think like, you know, the goal is for everybody kind of to navigate all these really cool new opportunities because I think everybody wants to work with each other. It's just about trying to find the right deal. Definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, someone who comes from this more traditional entertainment music world, working with, you know, creative people, DJs, producers, and musicians and songwriters, and then coming into this, you know, esports and gaming world where you're working with different streamers and these content creators and trying to see how you balance how the value of having a big song on your stream or in a video that gets 10 million views versus, you know, compensating the creators and how all that stuff works. You know, I know that some labels like monster cat have created like a subscription service where you can get access to their catalog for your content. So I just wonder if you think that that can be, you know, the way you think things are going to develop or is it going to kind of be in this area that Twitch is in now where you get these DMCA flourishes every once in a while. Um, Again, I, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, I, I just think it's it's so interesting to see what's going to happen. And I think, you know, another thing kind of just to say it out loud is like, um, th th this has happened before, right? Like, I wasn't really around, uh, you know, for the YouTube era, but I know at one point there were, there were issues with YouTube and music, right? And all sorts of different platforms. So it's something that takes time to figure it out because, again, it's new. Um, but these things, you know, eventually find a way of working themselves out because I think everybody sees, uh, the benefit to all the platforms. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, kind of, you know, the example of YouTube is a perfect example that this was this huge content, um, engine and there's value in getting, you know, eyes on what you're doing, but then you would, no one would go to the other stuff and you wouldn't buy or go to a Spotify stream or any of these ways that the artist and label can make money. So, yeah, you know, I think that this is going to be a trend. And I think you're kind of hitting it on the head that there's going to be this coming together in a middle ground of these parties. And, you know, in my conversations, it seems like some of the 
talent aren't necessarily valuing the music and the access that they could potentially have. And, you know, I think that's the industry in itself is very young, very, you know, I'm not going to say unsophisticated, but most of them, this is their first job. They haven't had, you know, built companies and then, you know, serial entrepreneurs are kind of growing up working. Most of them, they were just kind of streaming in their basement and they grew from there. So it, it's very interesting to see these individuals trying to work in this more mainstream established entertainment world that has existed for, you know, since Frank Sinatra and even earlier than, yeah. days, you know, since the 1900s and the 1920s when the, you know, this music business really started. So, yeah. I mean, I think going back to kind of, you know, me joking about playing Nintendo 64, like gaming has been around for a while, right? But I think it's only been in the past couple of years where there's kind of this this window, right? Like if you watch sports, you can turn on the TV and watch sports. That's been around since, you know, TVs were created. I think with live streaming and esports, it's something that's newer. And I just think it's going to take time to figure out, you know, um, how everything kind of intersects with each other. Um, but I think that's what's so exciting, right? Is It's a very new and People are starting to tap into the market, but I think there's so much potential there. And, you know, I I just, I can't even imagine what's going to happen in the next 10 years, but I think it's going to be really exciting. And I think it's going to revolutionize just entertainment as a whole. You know, even look at Arcane, right? Like Netflix is now producing shows that relate to uh, video games with League of Legends. So I'm just so excited to see where it goes. Right. And it's one of the most highly viewed um, series right now, I believe. Yeah, and I think, look, even when you go on Twitter, right, like you see Quackity and Carl Jacobs and Tommy in it and all these streamers uh, trending right next to the NFL, the NBA artists. So I, I think, you know, this cross-pollination is happening, and it's it's very exciting. For sure. So kind of touched on a little bit. So immersive media and kind of what is this and how do you kind of see the futures, like AR, VR, augmented reality kind of experiences? Yeah, I think, you know, immersive media is a pretty broad term, but I think it's really finding new opportunities and new technologies for our artists, right? So that could be everything from hosting a 3D listening party to the things you're seeing going on with Beat Saber that's kind of very reminiscent of Guitar Hero, but, you know, now kind of in this VR, AR world. So I think it's kind of, um, I don't want to call it 2D, but sort of like these traditional experiences and how do we use technology, right, to really grow them, Um you know, for years, there's been traditional billboards, right? But when we did our NBA 2K deal, we had billboards within sort of this digital 2K world, right? Which, you know, I guess you could classify as immersive media because it's kind of this new technological experience um, that you're living in like this alternate world. So I think it's a really broad term, but I think it's really just finding ways to leverage new technologies for us. Awesome, yeah. And as someone who was a big 2K guy, definitely saw all the Columbia Records um, in-game billboards, as it. you mentioned. So it's really exciting to kind of see, you know, that's kind of what this episode is about, is the kind of the two worlds of music and gaming coming together and how there isn't much difference now. It's like, like you said, these musicians or rappers, they're gamers. DJs, they're gamers. Like, there's no difference between, oh, I'm a musician, I'm not a gamer. It's like, no, I'm a person who likes the game, who likes to sing, who likes to make beats, and this is who I am. Yeah, and I think, like, what was so interesting about that was just, you know, as I mentioned, we had three artists that were sort of like – um you know, a little bit of ambassadors, right? So they there were some social posts and they were the billboards within the city. 
but it's funny, you know, we sent over a line of requests for socials. It was like, you know, just say, I'm really excited to have my new song in the game. And we got back videos from artists. Oh, like, I can't wait for you to see me in the park. Like, I'm going to cross you up. And it was just like this really cool, like, okay, like, they get this and they're excited. You know, they could have just said, check out my song. It's in 2K. But like, just the excitement from the artist just shows you like how invested they are into this space and how they've grown up in it. I mean, I remember playing NBA Live, I think 2004 with like Carmelo Anthony on it, right? So like these mm -hmm. games have been around for a while, but it's so exciting to see where they're going and how our artists can now kind of take their love that they've had for the game and find ways to infuse it with their music. Absolutely. So, you know, to kind of bring this all together, what's the future of Columbia Records in the gaming and esports space? Um, you know, I, I think like I've said probably a million times already, who knows what the future holds? All I know is it's very exciting. I think as a label and, you know, I, we just want to be leaders in the space. We want when people think about music and gaming and they think about Little Nas X and Roblox and NBA 2K, we want to be at the front of that and we want to give our artists the most amount of resources um to kind of leverage their music but also just their love of these different games and um that's really our goal right is we just want to be a leader in the space for sure so now what's the future of music and gaming and esports do you think there's gonna be more of these concerts it's gonna be kind of a regular thing that as part of your world tour you're gonna start in Fortnite and then continue oh absolutely i think i think you know, it, it could be kickoffs for tour. It could be the final date on a tour. Um, it could be a tour announced. There's just so many opportunities for music and gaming. And like I've said again, um, you know, some of these games are doing some really cool stuff. And I think it's just going to be exciting to see where we can go next. You know, how, how do we expand these uh, couple week long events or weekend events, right? And how do we make them like calendar year type events? I just think it's going to be very exciting to see where, um, where music and gaming goes. And I think it's only getting stronger and stronger. And just, you know, one last question before we kind of move to the end is, do you see that, you know, as we're potentially shifting back towards this more in-person world, more in real life, crossings where maybe there's a gaming section at a concert where like before the concert you're out there gaming and playing a new game with the artists absolutely um you know I, there was a lot of palooza activation with ninja a couple years ago um i even remember back uh live nation we did a show with this artist dan tdm uh mm -hmm. who's a youtuber and he did a live show and like you know, he sold out the tour in like two minutes. So I'm also excited to see how video games come live to audiences outside of just esports. Um, but with that happening, you know, you see what League of Legends and Riot Games has done. They're putting up Super Bowl type numbers and they're they're doing these world's anthems with artists and they have groups like KDA. So yeah, um, you know, what what's like the what's the future of like the Super Bowl halftime show at an esports event? Um it's really exciting. So yeah there's definitely going to be more of these live events uh, in the gaming space sort of mixed with the music space. Amazing. Well, I think that that was, you know, a really unique thing you threw in there at the end about, you know, these AI artists and how they're able to create these characters and, you know, music, original music, choreography, all this stuff. And it's all in the digital world. Yeah. Um, it, it's becoming a digital first world, but I still think at the end of the day, there's also that, 
IRL engagement, which, you know, is kind of where I think esports is really coming in and bringing crowds together. Amazing. So, you know, I like to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? Oh, my favorite game to watch. Um, whew. I'm still getting into League of Legends, but uh, I have to say going to a live League of Legends event, whether it's, uh, you know, the LCS finals or just going to the LCS uh, arena in Santa Monica um, is just such an incredible experience. And so I think uh, League of Legends is probably uh, my answer for that one. Awesome. So what's your favorite game to play? Uh, me personally, um, you know, I'm not great at like first person shooters and things like that. Me either. <laughs> I, I totally get the culture around it. I'm just not good at it. So I, I grew up playing sports games. So I'd probably have to say like a 2K or an NHL. Same, you know, 2K, FIFA, Madden. That's kind of, of where I sit. Um, so who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, Sonic. <laughs> um. Oh. I mean, I love Bowser. I remember playing Mario Tennis, and I remember just being uh, Bowser back in the day, just hitting power shots. Um, <laughs> yes, Mario <laughs> Tennis is a great one. And, you know, I guess someone has to pick a villain, right? Right. I mean, I just, he's just, uh, and then there was the, was it Mario 64, where you have to spin Bowser around and throw him off uh -huh. the ledge? Um, yeah, I just always thought Bowser was a really cool character. I don't know why, but. Well, yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with a classic Mario guy. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I appreciate the time. And like I said, you know, I, I just want to shout out like everybody um, that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis because, you know, I spend a lot of time in gaming, but there's so many ancillary departments that help with licensing or figuring out how do we take this narrative to the press or how do we schedule a lot of these logistics? So, you know, when we talk about all these really cool things we've done in this space, I think, you know, it really takes a village. And I think, um, I think more people are just going to get hip to what's going on in gaming. And I can't wait to see what happens. Well, that's really nice. You know, shout out to the crew of Columbia for helping Brett do some great work. And, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in to me and follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q and check Apple podcasts for all our past episodes. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com